As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Women have been giving birth for centuries, so it's a pretty natural experience, right? Wrong. I'm Stephanie King, professional doula, childbirth educator, and the creator of the My Essential Birth Course, the online childbirth education course that's helping women everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. Today's culture would have us think that birth should be treated like an illness or an emergency, and that most of us need other people telling us what's best for our bodies because we aren't the experts. So sit tight, because if you're tuning into this podcast, you'll probably start to believe in your body, your intuition, and find yourself empowered and confident to do what it takes to have the birth of your dreams. If you like listening to me take you through these weekly topics step-by-step, then you're going to love the My Essential Birth course. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast and definitely head over to myessentialbirth.com for the free downloads mentioned right here in these episodes and to join the birth course and community full of pregnant moms just like you. I have to add a disclaimer that I am not a medical professional and I cannot provide medical advice. All of the information expressed in this podcast are based off of personal, professional, and educational experiences and are my own opinions. Please work with a provider you trust for medical advice during your pregnancy and birth. Okay, you guys, it is that time for the reviewer of the week. This one comes from, and it's another tricky one for me, so hopefully you'll just recognize your own words when I start reading, because it says it's from Ban and JDNS Bayish. I know I said that right. Okay, so she says, my new fave podcast. I'm halfway through my second pregnancy and longing for information to expand my knowledge on what I can do to have a more natural birth, as in no induction, no Pitocin, etc. And this podcast is giving me all the details. I love it. Definitely recommend to moms wanting to be in charge of their birth rather than letting hospitals decide how you birth. And then there's a bunch of heart emojis. (laughs) And she said, don't know what my user is, but my name's Carson, L-O-L-O-L-O-L-O-L. Thank you, Carson, because yes, the username is like... So I am so excited that you left that um, that review, Carson. I'm so excited for you on the second pregnancy. Uh, I love the idea of whatever sounds good for your birth. And so if that is your natural no induction, no Pitocin, no epidural, whatever that looks like for you, that's really, really awesome. Uh, I hope that you guys are excited for today's episode. I know I am. And I hope, Carson, if you're paying attention, that you get to listen in lo- along and hear a birth story because that's what we're about to do today. Uh, I think positive birth stories should should be shared all over the world, and every woman deserves the right to hear them. And so uh, I have with me another Stephanie. So we share that amazing name. Welcome, Stephanie. <laughs> and um, so I'm going to let her introduce herself here for a moment. She is a My Essential Birth student. She had an incredible birth, and she's here to share her story. So Stephanie, will you take a moment and introduce yourself, please? Absolutely. So I am Stephanie. I am 29 years old and I have an eight month old son and my husband and I have been married for 
just around two years, and so we loved diving in. He was so supportive, really was happy that we had an online option and such a great support system through the Mind Central Birth Facebook group as well. So um, a huge proponent for that. We <laughs> definitely have a lot of unpacking to do with my birth story, but it was a fully natural birth. So Carson, if you're listening, it's a great one for that. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Uh, Tell me a little bit about your pregnancy then and when you got started on the birth course. That's something I haven't been asking women, but I am curious, like at what week did you kind of decide, what brought you to decide, I think I need some kind of education. And then when did you jump in? And you mentioned a little bit about your husband. So was he on board from the start? Yes. So we had a miscarriage Um, a little bit before we got pregnant with our son. And so right at 12 weeks, 13 weeks, my husband and I were both just like dealing with a lot of that anxiety where we were navigating a lot of different emotions where we were joyous that we were pregnant again. We were still mourning the loss of our other child. And so we were very, um, just navigating through that. And so we decided to put that nervous and anxious energy into a positive thing. And we both decided, you know, we can't control what we can't control, but we can control what we can control, like having all the options ahead of us, knowing where to go for different items. And so we decided very early on. I know that most women are getting to that stage around 20, 27, 20 weeks, 27 weeks. We decided at week 12, we just wanted that extra support system. What drew us to My Essential Birth was not only the fact that there was an online course, but the fact that there was a support group included in that through the Facebook group. So anytime that, you know, I was concerned, I know the night before he was born, I was losing my mucus plug and it was a bloody show. And as any lost mama knows, that can evoke a lot of different emotions. Yeah. And so instead of giving in to those anxious feelings, I went to the Facebook group, posted my pictures and was like, TMI, if you don't like blood, please don't look. And everyone was just so supportive and it really brought a lot of peace of mind. Like, yes, we we lean on prayer as well, but, you know, sometimes in those situations, our rational sides don't take into account all those other things. So um, we just really wanted that extra layer of support where as much as, yes, our families were great, it was it was just different. And I really found that actually there were other um, rainbow mamas in the group as well. And we connected and, you know, a lot of them are really good friends to this day. So it's a, it's a really good support system in that regard. So that was really what brought us to, to my essential birth, but also to um, the course where I was looking at all my different options was also one of the most cost-effective options for everything that you got. You know, there was just so much that went into it. 
that I was like, okay, how, how is this not like so much more well-known? And so (laughs) everybody that asks me what I did to prepare, I tell them about my essential birth. And I know at least five of my friends that have been pregnant has signed up. And so it's, it was just a really good tool for me where it put that anxiety to ease. Oh, that's so. awesome. And I, I do love that you utilize the group. And you so. I mean, it, it's awesome. I feel like there's so much support in there and more and more as it grows. So excellent. To this day, too, because I mean, right, you know, just because I'm no longer pregnant, yeah. all these other women <laughs> are also still going through, you know, right. motherhood, postpartum and all these different things where it definitely does evoke that sense of community and village, you know, because they say it takes a village. And yeah, I feel like that is definitely what I got in the group. Yeah. And I, I love the topics too. There can be some really sensitive topics there. And not once have I had to worry or moderate any of the conversations that have happened in there, which I think is pretty powerful considering what I have personally seen in other moms groups. So it's, it's a really neat group of women. That's true. I've had to remove myself from other moms groups <laughs> just because of those situations. Where, toxic. You know, <laughs> I just feel like, you know, just because what works for one mama doesn't work for me, doesn't mean at the end of the day, that base, fact that we are all doing our own race Mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean that we can't support each other yeah and that's something that I found through this group and so you're absolutely right where there's other moms that you know I needed to co-sleep for a few months going back to work because it was so exhausting getting up picking him up out of bed and you know not one person in the group was like, oh, how dare you? You know, <laughs> it was just very much like very loving support. And I, yeah. I think that that's something that we really take for granted as moms sometimes. Yeah. Is having that to lean on. As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot, totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, we do. We do. We need the support really. It's so important. Okay, let's dive into, I want to talk a little bit about your pregnancy. Tell me about your pregnancy. Was it fairly normal did you have anything kind of weird that came up or um and same with like okay awesome (laughs) low risk the whole time that's good everything was so um normal quote unquote and um especially after having such a different first pregnancy you know it was a very um again anxious time for me 
where yeah. once we hit week 20, I was like, okay, everything seems to be going well. Um, and once I like kind of gave in that everything was going well, it just went by in the blink of an eye. And um, it, it was just a very normal pregnancy, which is so weird. Um, <laughs> my, I mean, my mom had me at 41 and I was two weeks late. My son was five days early. He was like, I don't want to be in here anymore. Yeah. And that's why it really is called a guest date because you really, truly don't know. Yeah. And so it, it's such a, it was such a wild ride. And I was telling my husband the other day, I miss being pregnant just because I knew that he was safe all the time. Oh, <laughs> um, right. But I also miss it because up until week 37, I had no pain. I would literally bump my stomach and be like, oh, that's right. I'm pregnant. Like, <laughs> no pain. And that's I awesome. So great. Yeah. How about, um, did you, what kind of provider did you have? Do you, do you have a midwife or an OB? Okay. And did you have a midwife from the beginning? Mm -hmm. So I am so deathly afraid of needles in every (laughs) single way. So for me personally, it was exactly what I needed. I did not want to, how did I say it? I did not want to have a quote-unquote normal experience where it was the epidural, this, that, because the needle scared me. Yeah. That, that's just my personal thing where I have so many friends who were like, I don't know how you could go without it. Like, going without it scares me more than with it. And, you know, it just really comes down to like previous medical traumas and medical fears of needles. And um, I I was more afraid at the end of the day of having this long catheter put into my back. And um, my friends all tease me about it still. They're like, well, would you? And I'm like, no, the needle scares me more. <laughs> the needle scares me more. Baby, you know. Pregnancy number three, I will still stick with all natural because I am so deathly afraid of needles. Yeah. Um, and so the OB that was in the same office as my midwives, she was, she was great. She was very open, but she was very honest. She was like, if you are with us, you are going to get a saline heplock. And that's just how it is. And I was like, get, no. Yeah. No. And I was like, if I don't want that, can I go to the midwives? And they won't do that. And she was like, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, you sign me up. I'm good. I love it. I just, that's just my biggest fear. And my husband knew that about me. And he's like, I just know you. And you're going to be so stubborn that you're going to say absolutely no needles. Yeah. And it, it really, that is how I, I am, is the needles just scare me so much. Which is so silly because I have tattoos and all these other, and they're like, what's, what's the difference? And I'm like, it's just different. Yeah. I can't explain it. No, it is. It is different. And it's, I mean, even somebody saying to you it's different, I think is really important because I, I think it's funny sometimes to hear like moms that 
come into labor and, you know, and they don't want an IV and that's like, oh, no, I like I don't want the needle. Like that really bugs me. And I've heard people say like, oh, like, but you're in all this pain and like these labor pains and like this needle's going to be nothing. But for um, for some moms, it's like, no, that needle is everything. Like keep it away from me and I can handle these contractions. You know, let me do my thing. So it's totally different. It's a different sensation. So yeah, I get it. Exactly true. Yeah. But it, it is funny because we ended up needing to get the saline hip block anyways. So... <laughs> But at that time, and I'm excited to hear about that, but at that time, I'm sure it was like, I made that decision. It's going to be okay, right? Yeah. I was staring at the nurse and I was like, you understand how, and she was just like, yes, but you need to stay completely still. And I was like, okay. Her and I were just like, she was scared. I was scared. She was afraid of my reaction. It was so, that was like probably the most memorable and hysterical funny part of my entire labor. <laughs> Beyond that, I was like, this needs to be done. Yeah. <laughs> but it was so like that moment, like just like looking back now, I'm like, oh my goodness, how was I that adamant? But I I knew what I wanted and I was yeah very stubborn. I love it. Uh talk to me about I do want to hear about your preparation. Um, if you can get into like the, those details of this is what I did every day, or this is what my husband and I, what stood out to us, even within the birth course or, um, touched each of us. So we knew we needed to work on this thing. What were those things that you did every day or every week or whatever? How did you prepare for this birth? So every week we were still hiking every single weekend um, I was out doing seven, eight mile hikes until wow. I was 37 weeks pregnant. Every night we were doing two to three mile walks. Um, and I had a lot of prodromal labor due to that. It started around 32 weeks, but I mean, we we're avid hikers. Like one of our first trips together was section hiking part of the Pacific Crest Trail. So we've always done that. But the the real way that I felt was any different from my preparation was red raspberry leaf tea. For my body, it just worked. Um, I drank one cup starting around 36 weeks. 37 weeks, I upped it to two to three cups a day. 38 weeks, I did about six cups a day because I was literally, I was like, I'm ready. My baby is measuring perfectly. Like, and my midwife said, drink as much of it as you want. Don't worry about um, anything happening too quickly or any of those situations. So it was definitely one of those moments of hey what's actually working what's not working um leading up to it my husband and I are very good at communicating with each other normally and so him and I had a lot of conversations about what I wanted it to look like how everything was happening uh he is a great human being but he definitely got to this point of like fear when he was in the moment at the hospital in the triage room where 
he kind he forgot bits and pieces where even though there was like so like the birth map was perfectly laid out he knew we we went through the rundown um and like leading up to it that day he he wasn't trusting that I was actually in labor because we had gone Mm. in got sent home and um and you know and then at that point when we went back in they were like oh good thing you guys made it because there you go but he he just was so great about listening when I was in those moments and I was like I can't do this (laughs) and he's like yes you can and he was very supportive he I really couldn't have asked for a better partner in life but also in that moment um he just genuinely has been a really big support for me and I mean I got very lucky there yeah. So were were there just thinking back to like how you introduced him to maybe my essential birth or podcast or maybe there were some topics that were really important to you. Were there specific things that you had him listen to or did he just go through all of it with you at the same time or what stood out to you to really bring him into what you needed? So I had him cuz I told him I was like whatever you prefer um there was a book that I got for him to tell him how that he was going to be a dad and it's literally called hey you're going to be a dad it's a great (laughs) book um he was like oh it's a little bit too of the guys guys for me but he really enjoyed it because um it was telling him when to build the crib and when to do all these things and with the birth course he would go in and and rewatch items that he felt that I got a better grasp on when Mm. he didn't necessarily so he actually took it upon himself more than I because I told him I was like I don't want to force you to do anything that you don't want to do yeah that's just the person I am and he's a lot like me where if you tell him something he's gonna push back because he's stubborn like I am yeah and so I was like, I'm not going to force that on you. If you want to take this on, absolutely. And he's like, of course, I'll, I'll watch it through with you. And he ended up diving deeper on parts that he didn't necessarily understand. But he definitely took to heart the um, hip compress, like the hip kind of thing. The hip like squeeze. Such a yeah, the hip squeezes. And then... Um, just the different positions and all, you know, he, he was more of an advocate for that than I was because once I got into the mode, I was just like, I don't even want to get off my back. I'm so uncomfortable. Like, I just want to lay here. And um, he started laughing because I was like, he goes, well, how about you get on all fours? And he was just, he was more thoughtful and he tapped into his knowledge base and logical side where I was like, I'm so drained after laboring at home. So he he was definitely my, my cornerstone piece. That was really, really fantastic. So that's excellent. That's great. Okay. Tell me about your birth story. I want you to dive in. I want to hear about your mucus plug. If you're willing to share that, 
on here, there's no too much TMI. Like there's, it's not a thing here on the podcast. So you're, you're talking to other birthing women. So if you are willing, just dive in, give us all the details. Okay. So it was about, I'm trying to think around like 9 PM. I started getting what I thought was prodromal labor cramps. And this was on September 14th. It had been happening all day, so I really thought nothing of it. The last six weeks, I had been getting them. I was like, mm. this is nothing new. Okay. I honestly thought I was going in for an induction on my husband's birthday because that was the very limit that they would let me go. Mm. So I was like, okay, I got another four weeks of being pregnant. I was like, okay, that I might, I was just set. And, um, then around 11.30, we had all went to bed. Everything was hunky-dory. Um, I got up to go to the bathroom, and I kind of felt like something plopped. It was almost like those um, clots that you get on your period that are a little bit bigger that just kind of plop. And I was like, that was weird. So I go and grab my phone, turn on the flashlight, because I didn't want to wake up my husband. I was like, false alarm. <laughs> he was like, I hate when you're the woman that cries wolf. Like, that's his whole thing. And I love him for that because it probably kept me stronger just for the entirety of the everything. But then around two, three o'clock, I was like, okay, these are pretty regular. Like, they, I was three minutes apart, like, but they weren't intense. They were just like normal period cramps. So around 3 a.m., I called my midwife and she's like, well, if you can still cough, like I'd say not to come in. And I was like, okay. And I was like, do you, how busy are you guys? And she's like, well, we're, we're fairly busy. And so we went in just on the thought process of, okay, at least I can get admitted. And, you know, I had the envisionment of, my bathtub because it was a birth center in the hospital so they had the bathtub for us they they had all these beautiful beautiful things and she looks at me she goes you're 70 percent effaced but one centimeter she's like you can stay here but you're probably cool and I was just like I want to stay and my husband goes no let's go home then you can, he, so, and I was getting so mad at him on the way in. He stopped at Jack in the Box. He stopped at no. Starbucks. He was, <laughs> no, like, no, no. To, he was like, are you sure you want to go in? And I looked at him and I was like, I want to get there so that there's a room for me, considering that she said they were busy. I kind of love, like, I can understand your frustration. And at the same time, I'm like, go doula dad like just take that little like just a little extra a little extra keep her <laughs> no I love him so much and looking back you know that's probably one of my favorite memories yeah he was he, he's, he was like you want anything to eat from Sarah I'm like no so I got so you know he's like you sure you don't want two tacos like you're sure he, he's acting all kinds of sweet and sassy and and just all the things. And he was just so funny about it. 
where I was just like, you are so adorable. I love you dearly, but get me to the hospital. (laughs) And um, so she gave us the option. You can stay or you can go. So we we stayed or we we left and we went home because he was like, no, let's go home. You can labor in bed. And he literally just left me alone the rest of the day because I think he knew I was a little frustrated. And my midwife said, I'll see you on Sunday. And this is the midwife who saw me my entire pregnancy. It was Wednesday. And he took that as, she's not going to give birth today. Yeah. He was like, you know, if she's saying I'll see you on Friday, that means she's not giving birth today. And just in his mind, that that's just what he heard. Yeah. And he was trying to get me to stay home until 8 p.m. And I I stayed at home. We were contraction tracking, tracking, all of it. <laughs> and I just like finally go downstairs at 12:30, and I go, we need to go. And so we called the midwife line and said, okay, we'll we'll call you back in about um, 15 minutes or so. Don't call us back. One o'clock calls around. I look at him. I go, we need to go. So we call them back. No one calls us back. At 1.30, I look at him and I go, if we are not in the car in the next 10 minutes, I'm going and driving myself or I'm getting an Uber. You have two options. And he looks at me and I go, you're calling them and telling them we are on our way in and not that we need to talk to them. We are on our way in. So we get there and, you know, the, the girl on the phone, poor lady, hears me screaming in the background. She goes, if you need to stop at another hospital on the way, you might have to. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It, it sounds like your wife might have the baby coming. Because I wasn't really screaming, but I was definitely grunting and making sure. the sound noises and, and all of the, the mama grunts, right? Right. She's like, it, it sounds like the baby might be coming. So tell me, yeah, I don't want to stop your your flow and your birth story here, but will mm-hmm. you tell me just a little bit about what your contractions were doing during this time from when you got sent home until you're like, we need to go? And how so like they what stayed, what they felt like, how they, how far apart they were? They stayed three minutes the entire time. Wow. They stayed three minutes and they just got progressively more intense. Did they start they lasting felt- longer? Mm-hmm. Okay. But they they were already 30 seconds when we went in. And okay. so by the time we went back in, they were two minutes when we got there, which the rule, you know, is, is about one. Right. Because of the intensity. So the intensity just wasn't there for what my husband thought it should be. I was like, <laughs> you can't feel it. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> And, um, so when I finally put his hand on my stomach during a contraction and how it just tightened and he was like, Oh, and I was like, imagine it doing this from the inside. <laughs> I love it. Dad. Oh I was so intense. I was just like, also not anticipating it either like I was thinking okay we're not gonna go on labor for another two to three weeks I'm gonna 
And so, you know, when you mentally prepare for that and then you're five right. days early and you're like, everything's happening. This yeah. is not what I prepared. <laughs> so you left <laughs> the hot, they sent you back home from the hospital at what time? And you called at, at what time and said, we're coming in? Four. And then we called at like one twenty-five and was like, okay, we're going. Like, we, you're not stopping us. Please have a room ready. When we got there, again, he tried to stop for coffee. He tried, I looked at him and I was like, can you get me to the hospital now? <laughs> now. Like, I, he got all the anger in my voice and I felt mm. so bad. But, so when we finally got there at the valet, saw everything that happened, grabbed a wheelchair because I could no longer walk at this point. Hmm. Um, I was just very like every time I doubled over the contractions were lasting about two minutes by the time we got there it was about a 45 minute drive to the hospital wow and the so that's why I was like very frustrated with yeah. him being like detouring so prolonging it and yeah. do, so we finally got there around 2.15, 2.30-ish. And there was, I remember this car. It was a red Tesla. And they were going 55 in the fast lane. And then there was a gray Nissan in the right lane. Just both going 55. No one passing each other. No one. And then finally, he like honks the horn. Because I was like, we need to get past them. <laughs> and so the Tesla like got all mad at us because we honked our horn at them. And then he would like, then they see me, you know, because I'm, I'm not strapped in anymore because I was in so much. And like, I was going like this, like the, yeah, I was right. pulling myself up with every trans- transaction, with every contraction. <laughs> Like the, I'm trying to get away from this contraction. (laughs) Yes. Like, it it wasn't going to work. I don't know why I thought it would work, but I did it. And I was literally, like, and then I was holding, and they were like, they did this at us. The, I'm sorry, look, like the hands up, like, I'm so, like, oops. And my husband was like, that's why there's a gas lane and a slow lane. (laughs) And then when he's, like, going 90, because I was, like, yelling at him, I was like, what are you doing? You're stopping for coffee and doing all this other stuff. <laughs> so finally he got the hint when I started like leaking on my car, mm-hmm. on my, on my leather seats. He was like, Oh, this is actually happening. He like thought that I was being overdramatic. And I was like, I'm not being overdramatic. And so we like had this argument in the car about me being overdramatic and it was just so cute because I know where he was coming from and he really was trying really hard but then so we got in and they didn't have a room available they had triage where the nurse literally told me oh you're a first-time mom you're gonna be here a few more hours before you give birth they checked me. I was five centimeters hmm. and a hundred percent of face. So she tech, technically by, by the rule book, she was right. Sure. 
my and she wasn't my midwife that I had seen my entire pregnancy, but my mom start to finish had my sister in 45 minutes. Wow. From her very first contraction until, and the nurse told my mom at the emergency room, oh, honey, you're a first time mom. You don't know what you're talking about. This is my mom's second baby. My mom squatted in the middle of the emergency room and gave birth to my sister. She was like, you, you want to challenge me? Oh, my goodness. So the nurse told me that around 245. And they needed to give me a COVID test before I could do anything. Like they normally give the oxygen mask, the nitrous oxide, all of that stuff, right? And they wouldn't do it because of COVID. So they had to wait. Understandable, not their fault. But I look at them and I go, you need to do something. <laughs> like I was like because of him taking so long to get here, because everybody's telling me he's not going to come. I need something. So they're like, okay, we can give you like a one-time morphine shot. And the mm -hmm. midwife goes, oh, no, 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 no. She wants an all-natural birth. Don't give her anything. And I look at her and I go, if you're not going <laughs> to give me my nitrous oxide, I'll, and she goes, well, it's a shot. You understand it's a needle. And I go, but you can do it in my butt so I don't see the needle. And like I was kind of, and she was like, no, no, we're not going to do it. And then my water breaks. The one rule that the birth center had was that you had to not have meconium in your waters. Hmm. So we were still or in triage. Or you had to be transferred to L&D. Really? Mm-hmm. That was the okay. one contingency the day of that could prevent you from giving birth in the birth center. So okay. right as they were getting ready to transfer me, I had been in triage for an hour and a half. All these things had been happening where I was just like, I just want to be in my room. I'm just so ready. Like, I just want to be in my room. My water breaks and there's meconium. There were no L&D rooms available. So 30 minutes later, they have the nitrous oxide. They come in. They give it to me. I went from five centimeters to nine and a half in 15 minutes Wow! because it just gave me enough of that relaxation because I don't even think it was the nitrous that did it. Mm -hmm. It was the fact that it gave me something else to focus on. Yes. Where everything else, because I was in triage, because I was being told no, because I was being told I was wrong, all these things, I was just like, I can't relax and I can't get yeah. into the zone. And that was the one thing that my, my midwife that I had seen my entire pregnancy was like, I will make sure that there's a room available for you when you come back. And I was told, Oh no, you don't know. First time mom, poo poo. And everyone was great. Right. Like, and I, I could have done a better job of, getting into the zone despite being in a triage room but I was just so like turned about I guess is a good way to put it where mm. I was so frustrated from the car ride with the red Tesla and so finally once somebody like even if they had just given me an oxygen mask I'm sure it would have 
relaxed me and they were like, here you go. This is nitrous oxide. <laughs> and it wasn't. I would have just been like, <gasps> and focused on that. And like, they tried to do horsey breaths with me, which is great. Mm. That's awesome. But it really didn't help because then my husband was in my face going, horsey breaths, <sighs> trying yeah. to be silly. Right. And I was like, I love you. And I want to keep loving you. And he was like, okay, okay. And within, after the 15 minutes of me going from five to nine, I told her, I was like, I'm ready to push. And she was like, no, no, you're still in triage. And she was like, I'll check you again, but I don't think like you're ready. And I was like, I need to push or I need to go poop one of the two. And I knew from the birth course needing to poop was a dead sign of him coming fairly soon. Yeah. And she started laughing because she looks at me and she goes, so he, he's crowning. <laughs> and they called in the NICU team. They called in. So in this tiny, tiny triage room, there's about 30 people waiting because of the meconium and all these things. And nobody believed me. And I just remember looking at her and being like, so he'll be here in like an hour, right? Because, you know, pushing can take some time. She goes, oh, no, he's going to be sooner than that. He's already coming out. Wow. And I was just like, oh. So my gut knew and my intuition and all these other things. And so I took away like, okay, I really need to trust myself and not let people tell me no. And I I know everyone was trying to do what was best for me. Um, but it's just so empowering at the end of it to know because I felt over dramatic. I felt like I was doing all these silly things. And just to hear at the end of it that I was right hmm. and that I wasn't over dramatic, that I wasn't overdoing it, all these things. It it was just so reassuring. And yeah. he was in my arms seven minutes later. Wow. And he was perfect as perfect can be. I love him dearly, obviously. Um, but it was just such a funny ride going from, okay, we're going to have a birth center room for you. You're going to be able to birth in the, like, you're going to be able to labor in the water and all these things. And then right as that room was available, I had meconium. So it was like one, one, I'm not a very flexible person. So I had mm. very few items on my birth map because of that. And it just showed me how amazing that flexibility can be. Because I did keep saying, okay, yeah, you're probably right. Like, I'm not the medical professional. And, you know, they kept telling, like, triage, no, you don't want to give birth in here. And then we, you know, it was just such a beautiful show of flexibility because everyone mm -hmm. in my life knows I'm not a flexible person normally. And just the fact that I was willing to give in in those moments where, like, normally I would have been very stubborn and very hard-headed. And it was just such a different experience, but I wouldn't trade it for the world.
like a lot of my friends are like, oh, that's a traumatic birth story. And I'm like, oh, I wouldn't trade it for the world. And um, it was funny because right as I was saying, I need to push, I need to push um, because of the meconium, they were trying to prep me with the saline heplock to give me some antibiotics because they weren't sure how long it was going to be before he came. Hmm. And I looked at her and I was like, you can't put it in my hand. You can't put it in my hand. And she goes, but that's where I was going to put it. And I go, I need you to put it in my wrist Yeah. because otherwise I'm going to be able to feel it. It's going to be super uncomfortable for me. And I, I won't be able to focus on anything else. And they were like, well, okay, you just, you can't move. So there I am in the middle of like a back-to-back contraction, just like greet or white knuckling the bed. And she's staring at me and I'm staring at her and I go, okay. And then my husband's trying to distract me. And I'm like, I just need this to be done. And then like, I asked them right after the labor, since it went so quick, can you take it out? And they go, oh, our policy is to leave it in for 48 hours. And so I talked to my, my midwife who came back around at the night rounds who knew me. And she, she goes, Oh yeah, let's get that taken out. You hate needles. And I'm like, why is it that when they say mm-hmm. to take it out, they do it, but you don't. Yeah. That was the only disappointing part, but it's a really laughable moment because my husband goes, you were so scared of the needle, but you handled it like a champ. But like, he thought that I was going to be like crying and pain and all. And I was just like, just get it out of me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was just going to say her and I were laughing afterwards. Like once he was here and everything, she looks at me and she goes, I was so scared to give you the, the IV needle. And I was like, I was so scared for you to do it. <laughs> yeah. You, I didn't want you to do it. Yeah. I didn't want to have to do it. So, so you ended up getting the Heplock, but you didn't have any fluids that ended that went through. No, they did. They gave me hydration fluids. Even though I was able to drink water, I wasn't dehydrated. They just wanted me to have the saline. Yeah. They did they do pitocin just... postpartum then too? No. No? Interesting. They didn't. Because I, I told them, I was like, so what's in? And they were like, just saline water to get you rehydrated. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. Like, it's just such a weird thing. But um, I had told them I didn't want Pitocin postpartum unless I was showing a need for it. Yeah. And because my placenta delivered so easily afterwards, they said it wasn't a necessity. Awesome. So awesome. It was a very fast and furious from the time we got there mm. and then when he came. So what, yeah, when was baby five, born? He was born at 3:49 and wow. we got to the hospital at like 2:25. Wow. Yes. It's funny. I I posted about it in the Facebook group and I said how my Earlier, I mentioned how my husband was trying to get me to wait. And I teased him when he came out. I go, what time is it? And he goes, 3.49. And I go, oh, so you would have been, you know, grabbing him on the toilet. And he just busted up laughing. He was like, I don't want to say it, but you were right. (laughs) Uh 
Oh, that's too good. I knew he was coming. Yeah. I I just, looking back, it's just a good, funny story now because I'm, you know, it's a learning experience. I'm going to know next time, like, my body does really go from zero to 60 in 30 minutes. It's not, uh, if I'm comfortable and if I focus on my breathing. So I think that that's really what I learned for next time. Even though we go over it in the course, it's one of those things that until you're in that moment and you have that realization yourself, it's like, okay, like your, your body is going to do what it does best. Right. But focusing on your breathing in that moment, I was like, oh gosh, why, why is this so difficult? I love I, I love your story though because it also shows it just you know there's a reason we call it a birth map and not a plan and there's a lot of different ways that you can get to having an incredible birth that you look back with and joyfully um and in your case even some laughter you know and I I appreciate that because, you know, even your friends who were saying, oh, like that sounds like a traumatic birth. And you're like, no, like I wouldn't have changed this. Like it, there there are many areas there where if a mom wasn't prepared, if she didn't know where she was, if she didn't, you know, if she wasn't involved in the process at all, like it could have been very traumatic. But to hear that like, no, all of these happened and I still really loved my birth and I've learned this and I'll probably do this next time, but I still enjoyed it. That's huge. That's like life changing. That's so cool. And I think it really, at the end of the day, boils down to taking the birth course. Because yeah. for us, like I, I've mentioned, I'm a very controlling, like I'm very stubborn. And so the fact that I saw a new side of myself where flexibility is an option, yeah. it's actually trickled over into other aspects of my life. But it really is at the end of the day, you see how beneficial all of this is and how like if you don't have those tools and resources in your toolbox, you're not going to be able to utilize them and you're not going to know how to utilize them. Right. So you're right. It it really did change um, my outlook where I was able to see it in a more positive light instead of feeling so frustrated about it so like yeah in the moment I was like just listen to me but then afterwards I was like okay everybody's just trying to do what I'm saying I want and at the end of the day I got what I wanted which was an unmedicated birth which was um baby here safe and sound which was a natural or not well natural delivery where mm-hmm. I, you know, I was definitely scared of a C-section because, again, needles. So I, I just, but I love that that is such a beautiful option still. Mm-hmm. And I think that if that had been a requirement for me, I would have been able to give into that and trust in that process a little bit easier than previously. where. Before I'd be like, no, 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 no. Nope, this baby's only coming out one way. You're not doing it. And, you know, just seeing so many different women share their belly birth stories, it really did change 
my um, my hesitation and fear. And yeah. that's really what it came from is the fear yeah. rather than like, oh no, this is the way it's supposed to like, because I know you've had C-sections, you've shared that. And so I feel like that, you know, definitely encourages a different perspective where I've just been so rooted in that fear process where I um, definitely gave into something different where it changed a lot of my perspective on my birth story. Yeah. That's really great. It's wonderful. I love that you share all this. I Before we leave, I really like yeah. for moms to share, and you shared a lot of advice, but if you could give your very best advice to moms that are coming up to their birth, what would you tell them to do? Focus on, believe, I don't know. What What's your very best advice for them? Trusting yourself. That would probably be the biggest one um, because – a lot of everything else goes into that. The flexibility goes into that, you know. But if you don't trust yourself at the end of the day, it is going to create that hesitation of, oh, is everyone around me right? Yeah. Or am I am I just doubting myself? Like, it, it's definitely a different perspective of that where it is it is different, so... That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Steph. This is okay. this is so cool. I appreciate you. I appreciate you within the birth group because you respond to people and and all that. And then the questions that you were asking, I just think were awesome. And just the community, like you had mentioned, but to being willing to come here and share your birth story with everybody, it's really really neat to hear. So thank you so much for your time. No, and thank you so much again. I know it's been a long time going. So if you need anything. You know, I'm, I'm here and I love contributing to the group. So thank you. You guys are fabulous. And thank you for all the support that you give us at the end of the day, because that makes a big difference. That's it for this week, but make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you get notifications first as I drop new episode every week. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for all of the free downloads mentioned here and to join the birth course and community serving pregnant moms just like you. If you enjoyed this and other episodes, I would love it if you would take a few minutes to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one and include one at the beginning of each episode. See you next week.